One of the main advantages of startups is speed. You execute quickly so you can grow faster than your competitors, and then you take the incumbents down, right? That's how the story goes. Well, unfortunately, going fast and executing quickly is a little harder when you're remote because you're not in the same room. You can't get together and whiteboard out a problem, right? Remote makes it a little slower, which really matters for a startup, which is why I'm really excited to introduce our new sponsor for forward-thinking founders, Sidekick. Sidekick is a hardware device that connects remote founders with an always-on video. With Sidekick, you just turn and you talk just as if you're sitting in the same room. It's great for teams that are working on something from scratch and are working all the time founding a company. Luckily, because you're a listener of forward-thinking founders, you get Sidekick for a discount, $5 off per device. So if you're interested in having an in-person feeling, in-person environment with your remote team, feel free to go to sidekick.video slash FTF to get $5 off a device per device. So you could save up to $20, $30, $40 a month by going to sidekick.video slash FTF. So if you're feeling the remote woes, you know where to go. Sidekick.video slash FTF. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how to collide it. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jonathan Moed, who is the founder of Startup Universal. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me, Matt. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I am really looking forward to this. When I discovered you, I don't know exactly how. I don't remember how I find half the guests, but I found you online. I'm like, this is fascinating. So I'm excited to dive in. For people that don't know what Startup Universal is or don't know what you're working on, can you kind of go high level what is Startup Universal? Sure. Startup Universal is a content website covering emerging startup ecosystems. We work directly with top local investors and founders, specifically in emerging ecosystems, to develop global insights in the form of country guides that we create, a database of local resources in each ecosystem, and then curated news articles about what's happening on the ground in these different countries. So you can think of Startup Universal as essentially the Wikipedia global startup ecosystems. It's a a centralized and foundational information source. Yep, it's as cool as I read. It it sounds just as cool as what I read. So let's let's get a dive a little deeper. Um, Let's use one 
geo as an example. So what is one geography? So you can pick a geography you want to dive into and like walk through what is this geography have access to? What information? Is it like blog posts? Is it like events? Can you kind of describe a little bit if I was in one of these countries, an emerging country in tech, like what would my experience be with Startup Universal? Sure. So uh, all of our content is organized at the country level. And as I mentioned, the main components of the site are our country guides. And then we also have uh, a database of local resources and finally news articles. So we work with people on the ground to develop all of this content. And the idea is that there's a sweet spot of market or of ecosystem that is developed enough that there's infrastructure in place, there's some traction starting, some momentum starting to grow, but the ecosystem doesn't have the resources needed to grow sustainably, to grow scalably. And oftentimes what you hear is we lack capital, we lack mentorship, we lack experienced founders, we need more talent, but they're not going to be able to find this stuff on the ground just based on the situation that they're currently in. And therefore there are these obstacles to growth in all those ecosystems. So what we're trying to do is to use content as a channel to spread the word about what's happening in these ecosystems so that we can facilitate more cross-border communication and collaboration and get these ecosystems what they need to actually realize the growth that uh, they have the potential to realize just based on the raw talent and the ideas that are on the ground right now. Yeah, this is, this is great. I, so I live in Phoenix, Arizona, which is obviously very close to San Francisco and it's in the state. So I would say it's like a different category, but I can, I can definitely relate to the, on a different level or a different scale of being in an ecosystem that doesn't have uh, the, the people that have done it, doesn't have the capital, doesn't have X and like that's it. Like that's in the states. I can't imagine how much harder it is if you're like across the world. Um, so this this is great. I, I want to dive into just a little bit more the guide section. I'm curious, like what what's in the guide? Who writes it? And well, I mean, not I, well less about who writes it, but like what's in it? What 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 type of content can a person living in one of these geos um, consume in, in a guide? Sure. What we try to do is to create the guides as one-stop shops for a, a comprehensive introduction or overview of an ecosystem. So it's not gonna have an exhaustive list of everything you could possibly wanna know about the ecosystem, but the idea is that it helps you figure out where to focus and where the actual opportunity is within that ecosystem because there is no shortage of opportunity. I think the challenge specifically in emerging and developing ecosystems is cutting through the noise and identifying where that real opportunity is. So our guides are broken up into a few sections. We have what we call the editors part of the guide, which includes information like an introduction to the ecosystem, the main differentiators for the ecosystem. We dive into uh, three of the focus industries within that ecosystem that are either the most mature or have the most potential. We also include a list of the top 10 up and coming startups in that region. So all that information is part of the editor section. The reason we call it the editor section is because we work with uh, top local leaders in each ecosystem. So it could be 
a, an investor at a top VC. It could be a well-known founder, somebody in that ecosystem with deep knowledge and deep experience. We co-develop that section with them and they provide their own perspective. Obviously, it's much more compelling and more relevant for our audience to hear from people on the ground who really know what they're talking about, as opposed to getting that outsider's perspective. So that's the, the editor section of the guide. In addition to that, we have our database of community resources for each ecosystem. And that covers things like who are the top active investors in that country? What are the accelerator programs that are active or incubators? What are the top co-working spaces for entrepreneurs and founders? Um, what are the existing reports or infographics that speak to what's happening on the ground in that country? So we, we try to condense and distill all this information in a way that's digestible. And like I said, that just helps users figure out where exactly to focus. The last section of the guide is a section with some statistics on the broader macro level economy and society of each ecosystem. I think it's certainly important to take a step back when you're looking at an ecosystem and getting an introduction just to understand the economic strength of that country, how stable is the political environment, all of these things that indirectly have an impact on startup growth. So I don't know how this will sound coming out, but I do want to say it. I feel like this is not a thing that someone wakes up and like, oh, this is a huge business opportunity. Let's build this global resource for different jobs. Like this is not like, you're not gonna get a 22 year old that's like, I wanna start a startup, let's do this, right? You you have a mission. It sounds like you, this is deep, this is not like, this is deeper than just, oh, like, like there's a need, right? Like it sounds like this is deep. I kind of want to hear the origin story for this. Why did you decide to start this? And if you're open to it, you, this is, you know, I just went through the website a little bit. It's it's very impressive. And I did before when I invited you on, but I did just again. And like, you're obviously very sophisticated in the way like finding these people, working with them. Like you're, this is special. What's your background? Like how have you been able to get this off the ground? Sure. So the origin story actually goes back to um, my wife, as any good origin story does. Um, in back in 2017, I was working on the product team at an e-commerce startup in New York called jet.com. And I had no plans to leave New York, had no plans to leave jet. My wife came across a program called remote year, which is a, a work and travel program geared towards people with digital jobs. And the essential idea is if you can work from your desk at home, you can work from pretty much anywhere. So why not travel the world and work along the way? Unbeknownst to me, my wife, my new wife at the time, we had been married for a couple of months, applied for both of us. And sure enough, we got in. And the more we started speaking about it, the more that we understood that it was really a once in a lifetime opportunity to literally travel around the world for an entire year. So long story short, come October 2017, we left New York, we flew to Asia. We knew what the itinerary was going to be in advance. We were going to be spending three months in Asia, a couple months in Africa, a couple months in Europe, and then the last few months in South America. 
And we had plans to do consulting work along the way to support the travel, which we ended up doing for a few uh, US-based clients. But I, I knew going in that as a personal mission, I wanted to try to meet with local startups and local entrepreneurs in each of the places that I visited. I just felt like it was such a unique perspective to be able to understand what it means to start up in all of these different places around the world. So that was kind of the mindset going in. Didn't really know what would come of it, but just knew that I wanted to meet with all of these uh, local companies and entrepreneurs. I didn't know anybody on the ground, so there was certainly a, a learning curve up front just to figure out the process. I mean, I wasn't in any given country for more than a month, so I had to really hustle to build my network and to figure out who I'm gonna speak to and why they're worth speaking to. But little by little, built up more of a process, built up some momentum so that I could schedule meetings and interviews before arriving in a country, and eventually, connected with the Forbes entrepreneurship team and started writing about my experiences and some of the things that I'd learned as a contributor to Forbes. And that went on throughout the year. We ended up visiting 19 countries throughout the year. Um, and as the year was wrapping up, I wanted to find a way to continue covering global startups and just offering a voice to startups in these emerging markets because what became very clear to me was that there's a massive amount of talent, ideas, opportunity in unexpected places around the world, but there are real obstacles preventing a lot of that opportunity from being realized. And the reason I honed in on content specifically is because in these emerging ecosystems, as I mentioned before, they don't necessarily have the capital or the experience to grow scalably on their own. So therefore, they, there needs to be some way to get the word out about what's happening so that talent and capital and other resources can be imported and so that ecosystems can take advantage of borders, uh, of, sorry, of resources outside of their own borders. So that was the origin of Startup Universal. Uh, definitely a mission-driven initiative. And since then, we've just been trying to identify different ways to spread the word about these ecosystems, whether it's through our country guides, whether it's through news content and articles. Um, and yeah, still looking for exactly what people are most interested in to get a better sense for where to focus. We're pretty similar in a lot of ways. In some ways, I like started this podcast to do something similar, not necessarily to do at the scale you're doing in different geos, but like I live in Phoenix, Arizona. It took me much longer than it should have to like to break into SF and like that, that process. So like I like to bring on founders who like have no exposure to, to it and just like chat with them. And one, they get exposure on the podcast, but two, then I get to, I know them and I'm like, great, like you're doing this. Let's plug you to this person, this person, this person. Oh, you want that? Here's this invest. You know, it's like, point guard at one point I'll be like I don't know if it'll be in a year or in 20 but like I'll be an investor at some point and I and, and like the, and it's just like nothing gets me more jazzed than finding um 
uh, people that are just as talented as not more talented than people we already know, but don't have the opportunity and then be able to provide that opportunity. Like, that just, that's, a, that's so fun. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one. So maybe one or two more questions um, and then we'll kind of fin- finish it out. So what do you look for in an ecosystem? You, have, you said it's country-based and there's a ton of countries in the world. I maybe you want to do one of these on every country, but you can't right now. So how do you prioritize where to look um, and where, not where to look, but like where to, where to commit to? It's a great question. I mean, we do have global ambitions. I think we would like to have as many countries as possible on the platform. There are certain countries or certain ecosystems that are quite mature. So we just feel like the value that we can provide serving as an entry point or an introduction to that ecosystem is less than it would be in more emerging ecosystems. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you have countries where there's very little infrastructure in place. There's maybe not a stable enough environment to support startup growth. And even if there is content spreading the word about what's happening, it'll still be a while and we'll take a lot of effort to actually get uh, those those ecosystems growing. So we try to focus on primarily the ecosystems in between right now, and those are our strategic ecosystems where there already is some existing momentum, but still highly undercovered, highly underserved, and we feel like because of that, there's a lot of value that we can provide to the ecosystem. So where we focus right now, we launched with uh, 23 country guides, and the primary focus was on countries in Southeast Asia, Latin America, Central Southern Europe, and Sub-Saharan Africa. The reason that we started with those regions, first of all, obviously emerging markets, uh, there's today increasingly much more attention to those markets, but they're far less saturated than the US, than Western Europe. So the amount of untapped opportunity or potential is incredible. Um, The other reason that we started with those markets is practically, those were the countries that I'd visited throughout remote year. So those were the places where I had an existing network and could tap that network to identify the editors for the guides or contributors to write guest posts. And that's why we started with that as our pilot. Since then, we've added a few additional countries. And as far as where we go from here, I would love to be able to expand our presence in the Middle East and North Africa, which is just another emerging region with uh, some great traction. Um, And then just to shore up our presence in Central and Eastern Europe. Uh, Essentially, our scope is anywhere outside of, for for right now, short term, is anywhere outside of the US and Western Europe, where we feel like there's not as much coverage. We want to be that voice, that first touch for somebody looking to to learn more about the ecosystem. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. I really like that. I have a follow up question um, on kind of getting these people the resources that they need. I, so in my experience on Phoenix, which you know, I know is not exactly, it's not the same at all as someone in, in some of these geographies, but it's like slightly relatable in like a, a small way. It's, we can learn everything that we want. We could have access to, we have access to in Phoenix, but it really came down to 
we needed people to kind of make ties in San Francisco and like build a bridge. And like, I, I'm doing that right now. Like I like, I'm, I'm building bridges. Um, and uh, how do you view, like, are, are you kind of building ecosystems from the seed within ecosystems? Are you also building bridges to um, the Mecca? Uh, maybe this will change in the future, but right now the Mecca of capital and resources, San Francisco or the States, how do you think about that? Sure. So right now, phase one, is to develop our library of content. We want to continue to add countries to the platform. We want to be that foundational source of knowledge. And the main purpose is that, that people are able to come to the site, consume that information and understand where to focus. That's certainly not the end game. I think the next step is not only to be an information source, but then if somebody comes to the site and is actually interested in learning more or in investing in that ecosystem, we want to be able to facilitate those conversations, those connections between the people who are interested in learning more and the people on the ground who know best and who are able to make that happen. So uh, our model is certainly one where we intend for cross-border connection and for leveraging resources in more mature ecosystems where maybe there is oversaturation and too much competition and therefore it's particularly challenging to find the right opportunities. Why not look elsewhere? I think in the past there was a big issue with a lack of information about these ecosystems that was hindering the ability for an investor in SF to seriously consider investments in Southeast Asia or in the Middle East. Nowadays, there's much more information, there's much more transparency. In general, things are just more buttoned up in these ecosystems than I think people in the US give the ecosystems credit for. So there's, there, there are many fewer barriers to actually making those connections, but there has to be somebody who's that single authoritative voice who the investor in SF can trust and say, you know what? Uh, I wouldn't really know where to start if I was exploring opportunities in Indonesia. Let me start here with this introduction, and then that will help me figure out where to focus and, and what to highlight. So the, the model is definitely, like I said, connecting foreign investors and, and foreign entrepreneurs with these emerging ecosystems. That said, I think there also is definitely a lack of transparency or of information sharing on the ground within the ecosystem. So if I am a, a recent college computer science grad and I want to start a company, I need to understand what are the industries that are hot right now in my ecosystem, where are the co-working spaces where I can find space and start networking. And, and we do definitely want to be a resource for people on the ground as well. Yeah, you're talking my language for sure. This is this is awesome. Uh, very one of the coolest initiatives I've seen in startups. Just period. Um, just just because it hits home for me slightly, um, based on my experience. Um, I, I would have a million other questions, but I um, based on respecting the time of the listeners, we're either used to ten to twenty minute long episodes, maybe thirty. Let's um, keep the conversation offline. But for now. What what's the big vision here? You have a super lofty, um, like not lofty, but like a super awesome first step, right? Like that you've done. What's the seventh step? Like what's what what's the big vision that you're going for here? And I think you painted that a little bit. So I guess another way I'll phrase the question is like, 
what could this look like? What will this look like in a decade or two? Absolutely. Um, I think the ultimate vision is, like I said, not only to be an information source, but to actually help with the next step of realizing some of these opportunities. So we would love to be able to be a facilitator or a middleman between real opportunities on the ground in these different ecosystems and the resources outside of those ecosystems that can take these opportunities from zero or maybe from 0.5 to one to actually enable that growth. And I think what's so cool about just this general idea is that in a lot of these countries, they're not only emerging ecosystems or developing ecosystems, they're emerging or developing countries and economies. And there's a real opportunity for technology to drive growth, not just within the technology sector, but within the country, right? If you think about the pace of growth or the way that you can take an economy and lift that entire economy, I think especially in these emerging ecosystems, technology can be responsible for a disproportionate percentage of that growth. So I think if you just take a step back, we're not only talking about technology startups that are gonna make it easier for somebody to order food or to shop online. We're talking about companies that are gonna make, that are gonna create uh, jobs for the economy that are gonna stimulate the, the country in a bunch of different ways. And to make that happen, will take a lot of work. You'll need a lot of help. You'll need a lot of collaboration. You'll need maybe some more team members, maybe investors, maybe not, but like you'll need investors, obviously just knowing about this. Um, and it'll just take a lot of work. And luckily you have the forward thinking founders community here to, to, to help you along making your vision happen. So for my last question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help you with your vision and push this along and make it move even just a little faster? Is there an ask you have for the community? Sure, uh, I think there are a couple of things. We want to make sure that we are highlighting not only the ecosystems that we already know about, but the ecosystems that we don't already know about where there is that, uh, that high level of opportunity. So if your country is not yet on Startup Universal and you'd like to help us showcase that local ecosystem, please reach out, let's work together to make it happen. Um, we are heads down trying to add new countries to the platform. So I think this is the, the perfect time to just help us, like I said, understand what we don't already know and where we should be focusing if we're not already. The, the second thing is we want to make sure that our content is true to the ecosystem, is as accurate as possible, is as relevant as possible, we're always looking for feedback about what information in our country guides is most useful for our audience. And on the flip side, if we're missing anything in our guides, whether it be types of content, or maybe we are missing an investor, or we're missing an accelerator program, we want to hear from the, the broader Startup Universal community, from the broader Forward Thinking Founders community. We wanna make sure that this guide truly reflects a local insider perspective on that ecosystem. And for my last question, um, how can people find the guides? I, they're very impressive. It's very cool. If someone wants to check one out, how do they connect? What's the website? What's your Twitter? What's your, like, how can people get in touch? Absolutely. So our website is startupuniversal.com. 
as I mentioned, we're organized uh, based on country. So we have our country guides. We also separately have a news feed where we've aggregated both original and content from other tech publications that can be filtered by country, by industry, by topic. Um, but it all lives on this central platform, startupuniversal.com. We're also um, on social, Twitter at SupUniversal and Facebook and LinkedIn at Startup Universal. Great. Well, thank you for coming on to the podcast. This is such a fantastic initiative and, and company or, you know, or even like a movement in some ways. So just thanks for building this. I, I'm inspired by it. I think it'll inspire a lot of people. And, you know, just, just best of luck making the vision happen. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Matt.